We began the book of Acts almost two years ago. As we studied through it, we saw the, the church being built by the power and the direction of the Spirit of God. Yeah, you can go ahead and open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 29 if you'd like. <laughs> we saw the gospel and, and God's work of salvation that repurposes those who receive the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The boldness, fellowship, and growth of a church body that is willing to, to step outside of their preferences and their comfort zones. Uh, an entirely Jewish, thoroughly Jewish church body become vastly integrated throughout the entire Roman world. We saw themes of mentoring, raising up the next generation. And through it all, at the same time, mixed in there, the world's opposition to the truth of God in Jesus Christ. And yet, in spite of all of the opposition, still the servants of God pressed on. The church of God presses on. Let's pray. Father God, we give to you right now your church and any aspect of it that we've been holding on to, myself or anyone else, we pray, Father, that this would indeed be your church in every last aspect of what it is. Give us strength, Lord, by your Spirit to press on. We thank you, Father, for your word given to us that builds us up and encourages us and, and, and nurtures our minds and hearts and, and gears them towards you. And Lord, help us to continue memorizing your word and hiding it in our hearts that we might not sin against you, that we might walk according to your ways, that we would indeed be your people, called according to your purposes. We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. The church is built by the power and direction of the Spirit of God. The title that this book has taken on over, over many, many years has been The Acts of the Apostles. It was not born with that title. It was, it was a, a book written to Theophilus from Luke, right? But it's taken on the title of The Acts of the of the apostles, but many a scholar, many a student of scripture have noted that this book isn't so much about the apostles and who they are and what they've done. It's more about what God is doing through them by his Holy Spirit. They aptly have renamed it in their own hearts and minds the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, right? It's a chronological statement right there. 
it all starts with the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? We don't do the work of witnessing. We, we are not able to truly represent Christ to the world until his spirit comes upon us when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior and the spirit takes up residence within the believer. Then, what do we do? We begin to bear witness, right? It was the spirit who came upon the disciples at Pentecost and caused 3,000 receive Christ that day we don't do this without him unless we are not doing this for him God does want to use us us here as tools in his hands he says you shall be my witnesses this, this church is God's church. Jesus calls it his own church. Matthew 16, 18, he says, I will build my church, Jesus' church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It belongs to him. We belong to Jesus Christ. And in Christ we are brought together, according to his word, composed of a diversity of people, and I am so blessed to see this church becoming more and more diverse. Men, women, old, young, fishermen, tax collectors, educated, uneducated, Pharisees, eunuchs, Jews and Gentiles, we've seen them all in the last 28 chapters. Brought out from a diversity of sin. Everything from prostitutes to murderous persecutors of the church. Whatever your sin might be, God wants to take you out of that and make you an effective tool for the furtherance of his gospel that you would have his spirit living in you and you would bear witness. People from every nation, tribe, and tongue brought out of a fallen condition by the spirit of God and adopted into the family of Christ through his blood shed at the cross. It is his body. The church is his bride. Subject to his word and subject to his will. Called to be dependent upon and committed to Jesus Christ and the will of God according to his word. And, and he has brought us together as a body that we might share the gospel and that we might encourage and build one another up. Acts 2.42, what did this early church do? What were they devoted to? They, were, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Those four things. They, they built each other up through studying the word of God together, fellowshipping with one another, eating together, and praying together. They did all of these things together. And as they did these things, as they were devoted to those things, we saw in Acts how God broke down cultural barriers and preferences and comfort zones. God sending Philip to an Ethiopian eunuch of all people to explain to him what he was reading in Isaiah and to show him how it points us to Jesus Christ, calling Peter to share the gospel with none other than a Gentile centurion, the oppressor of all the oppressors of Rome, right? 
even going so far, God would go so far as to give those people the same spirit. How dare he? Appointing Paul to be the apostle to the Gentiles. In Athens, Paul having to find a new way to share the immovable truths of God because of their cultural differences. And when the church became comfortable, when the church was thriving and thought they had it made, God allowed the sin of men and the murder of Stephen to cause a movement of persecution against the church that forced them out of their comforts and preferences and into their community, out into the world around them. We need to recognize. We need to recognize the example that has been written down for us. That we too are called to study, to fellowship, to break bread and to pray that we also might encourage and build up one another here in this very body to share the gospel to the end of the earth. Acts 1.8, that we might be his witnesses in Alden, in the Philly area, in Delco, in Pennsylvania, in the United States, and to the ends of the earth. That as the world sees who we are and what we do, they might see Christ in us. How much Christ pours out of your life, how much Christ pours out of your mouth, how much Christ pours out of where you go and who you are and what you do, that the world might see who you are, that they might see Christ in us and know his love for them. That as the world hears what we have to say, they might understand the reasonableness of Christ and come to Jesus. Right after that, Acts 2.42, just a, a few verses after, describing the things to which they were devoted, the, the study and the fellowship and the prayer and the breaking bread, these things that build up and strengthen the body, the Lord says this, Acts 2.47, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. See, being devoted to the accurate study of God's word and being devoted to fellowship and being devoted to breaking bread, I, the, the, these greater groups of fellowship and these smaller groups of fellowship and being devoted to prayer, these things strengthen the body and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved because they could see in this body something different. We do these things. We should do these things because we have been repurposed by God. Called to take the gospel to the end of the earth. Is the earth over yet? Nah, I'm still sitting here. Yeah. Called to lovingly, graciously, and mercifully turn this world upside down. How are we doing with that? The early church turned the world upside down. Are we turning Alden upside down? Does Alden community have to say, that place, they're crazy in love with that Jesus guy and either love us for it or hate us for it? 
Are we so clear to our community with this Jesus that we say we love and know and understand that they either love us or hate us for it? Acts isn't over. We serve the living God, not just a God of history, a God of bygones, a God who's passed and over. We serve a living God, and his spirit is still alive to this day here in those who have received him as Lord and Savior. At the beginning of Acts, we were told that after Jesus ascended into heaven, that he would return one day. And in the meantime, we are called to be missionally minded. We are called to fill that gap. We are called to to look at the world around us and think, how can we reach them? What can we do differently like Paul did on Mars Hill? What can we do differently to, to reach out to these people and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them? How can we reach them? What can I do to introduce them to the gospel, to the everlasting life that I have and shouldn't hold to myself. If there were an Acts chapter 29, what would it say about Alden Union Church? What would it say about us? It's one thing to, to study God's word and to give it a good head nod and, 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 and an amen because we philosophically accept the truth that God's word speaks. I get it, God. Amen. You're right. It's a whole other thing to live it. It's a whole other thing to to do all of the things that we have seen described to us in the last 28 chapters of Acts. To actually apply God's word to our lives. To let it go from here about 12 to 18 inches down, depending on how tall you are. For me, it's more like 12. And and let it soak into your heart and go out into who you are and what you do and all of that. All these ways that the early church walked in and, and lived out because of their love for God and their wonder. Are you still in wonder of what God has done for you in Jesus Christ? That he would send the second person of the triune God to be here in the flesh and take that flesh perfectly to a cross to die in my place. What a wonder. So what will our action plan be? If we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we truly understand the lavishness of his grace in our lives, how will the rubber meet the road in our church body? Will the servants of God here at Alden Union Church press on? Or will God have to do something terrible and drastic amongst us to move us? We began our series in Acts with the thought that this was not to be an academic exercise in gaining greater knowledge and a higher theology. Knowledge and orthodox theology are certainly good things, but if, if to study his word and to fellowship and break bread together and, and to pray together are the kinds of things that God has described for us to learn from in the early church, if these are the things that will help us to strengthen us, to take the gospel out cross-culturally, cross-generationally, how will we do it? What are we going to do to actually implement these things? 
first, let me say that we are pretty good with the studying part. There's always things we can improve upon. We have Bible school. We have Bible studies throughout the week. We have small group studies. Here at Alden Union Church, we have a love for God's word, taught and proclaimed for what God said and intended to say. Scripture will not be taught here to tickle people's ears. It will not be taught here according to what do you think it means, but in truth, just for what God has said. But study is only one element of the early church's devotion. So what will we do about fellowship? The elders have spent over six months in intense conversation and talking about and, and gathering input from everybody here, everybody in the congregation. And since that time, we have voted to take this church to a single unified worship service in a response to what we have been hearing from God's word. This will bring our church family together and give us the opportunity for church-wide, cross-cultural, cross-generational fellowship on a regular basis, every single week, the, the opportunity to reach into each other's lives. We will begin by worshiping all together in here as a unified body at 9.30 in the morning. Following that 9.30 a.m. service each week, we will have what we are calling the connection time. It's a half-hour time, a time between the service and Bible school when we will talk. You'll be able to have a chance to grab a cup of coffee or tea for those of you who aren't strong enough for coffee. And we can talk. What do people do when they go to a coffee shop with a friend? It's never so much about the coffee. Well, depending upon who you are, it's more about the conversation, isn't it? It's, it's going to be a time when we can share life with one another. When you're going to have an opportunity to hear somebody's story of what's going on in their lives at that moment. And maybe if you have the wherewithal and if God's spirit lays it upon you, you will say, let me pray for you right now. We will build up and we will encourage the body here at Alden Union Church to be a little different from the world around us, to be a lot different from the world around us. Did you notice, though, that I said it will give us the opportunity? What we've done here is to give the whole church, give our whole church the time and place to love one another and to reach out to our visitors. But opportunities are not realities. Opportunities are not realities until we actually take advantage of them. Until we actually do something with them. Until we are willing to step outside of our comfort zone and reach into somebody else's life. We need our whole church family to grab a hold of the vision here. Is coffee biblical? Some might argue that he brews indicates the validity of a good cup of coffee at church. That was bad, wasn't it? But this is not about coffee and pastries. It's about people. And the church, as you know, is not about four walls and programs. The early church met at the Jewish temple. They met in the houses. Paul taught in public places like the Areopagus. The, the early church at Ephesus was founded down by the river. 
not about the place. It's about stepping out of our introverted comfort zones and loving someone else. The building, the programs, they're just tools to facilitate the gospel. That gospel mission. We are the church. And in response to all we've seen in the book of Acts, we want to create a culture of fellowship in our church body. A culture of fellowship that reaches beyond our cliques of close-knit friends. It's easy to fellowship with those that we think love us. Those that we fellowship with all the time. We want to create a culture of church-wide fellowship that welcomes and shares with every person who comes through our doors. One time a week on a Sunday morning, as we gather as a family, we, have, we will have this opportunity. A culture of gospel-laden conversation and the ability and desire to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. This is about setting aside my preferences in order to worship God alongside my brother and sister using hymns or contemporary music or ethnic music or Afro-Cuban rock or Irish jigs. I don't care. Worshiping, studying, fellowshipping side by side. As a family in Christ Jesus, we need to glorify God and we need to encourage and build up the body of Christ here at Alden Union Church. And I, and I know change will always present challenges, but let's begin as a body to get excited about this. If we aren't excited, if we don't read God's word like the book of Acts and start to get excited and ready to respond in a very real way to God's word, who are we? Let's begin to pray together for revival and a new era of continued ministry into the future here at Alden Union Church. From our last elders meeting back in May, it looks as if we are shooting for a January start to all this. I know, I know. We all thought it would start in September. We don't want to put it off, but we do want to do it well. I hope... Everybody understands that, especially those who are like, come on, let's do this, let's do this. We don't want to put it off, but we do want to do it well when we do it. And, and it takes a lot of planning, a lot of thought, a lot of organization, preparation, and coordination between the elders and deacons to do it right. We are currently trying to work on what we want to do to make the gym space as effective of a meeting place as possible and what it will cost to do that. And from the coffee makers to the tables and chairs that we'll want to have set up, the, the manpower to do it on a weekly basis, all, there, there's a lot that will need to be done to make this really happen well. And while providing a, a place to fellowship is key to this whole thing, we don't want to take another loan as we look forward to paying off our current loan by the end of the year. Amen? Amen. That is going to be a very, very good thing. So we're, we're working through all those details. How is this going to happen? Because we do need a place to do it, right? Study. Fellowship. Prayer. Well, we've been devoted to the study of God's word as we've gone through this book of Acts, haven't we? And we're casting a, a vision and opportunity for church-wide fellowship. 
And even as we do that, don't forget those, those breaking of bread moments in your homes, getting into those close-knit relationships. So let's also devote ourselves to prayer. Right here and right now. Let us pray. For those of you who are note-takers, I listed some prayer items here. Pray that we wouldn't stray from God's word and his will. For his spirit's active involvement in what we say and do here. That this would not be about us, but about how we can best serve him. Loving one another, reaching out to our community and our visitors. Taking his word and figuring out how best to actually live it out individually and as a church body. Pray that the elders and the deacons would have it as well organized as possible, as well prepared as possible, and still be ready to work out the kinks as we do move forward in it. Pray that we all as a church family would be ready to take advantage of the opportunities that it will give us, that this whole thing is designed to present us with. On top of this, pray for the continued search for a new worship pastor as Dr. I prepares to retire at the end of August. The worship pastor search committee has advertised this job to local like-minded congregations, to colleges and university job placement sites. Uh, globally, we've put it out on the uh, Gospel Coalition website, and now we've put it out on churchstaffing.com in an effort to do our due diligence to reach out and find just the right person for our church family and what we are looking to do here. We are hunting for the proverbial snipe. Someone who has skills and a heart for both the traditional and the contemporary worship. Someone who will work well with our pastoral staff. Someone who will not just be a worship leader, but a worship pastor to our church family. So let's pray that God would prepare and lead that man to take on a key and challenging position in our church family. One that tends to be highly criticized and yet is of so much value. Let's pray as we even go into preparation to find that person. And let's be sure to give God the glory. Gather with a few people around you and, and pray about those things right now. And I will close us in just a few minutes in prayer. I know, this is a little different from usual, huh? You actually have to move? Just a little bit, not a whole lot. You don't have to, like, get up and entirely move, but gather with a few people around you and just dive right into prayer. You already know what to pray for. Ready, set, go. Father God, we praise you for this time of prayer, for this church family, as we gather together according to your word, Lord, as we have studied your word, as we have planned on fellowship, Father, as we prayed together and here and now, Lord, I pray that you continue to build each of these devotions in our hearts and minds, that they would ultimately draw us to a devotion to you. Lord God, you are the reason we gather your Son, Jesus Christ, His death on the cross, in our place, doing for us what we would not and could not do for ourselves, bringing salvation, bringing joy, bringing a peace with God and a restoration 
to our Creator. We thank you, Lord, for this church family that you have given to us in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.